When the circular movement of the subject partner and the object partner on a single plane becomes a spherical movement in a three-dimensional orbit, the dynamism and the creativity of the universe unfolds. Variations in each orbit's distance, shape, state, direction, angle, force, and velocity are manifested as the beauty of creation in its infinite variety. Just as all beings have internal nature and external form, there is a type of spherical motion that corresponds to internal nature and a type that corresponds to external form. Likewise, there is a center of motion that corresponds to internal nature and a center that corresponds to external form. These two centers have the relationship as that between internal nature and external form. What is the ultimate center of all these spherical movements? Human beings are the center of all created things, which are embodied object partner to God's dual characteristics in symbol. God is the center of human beings, who are created as his embodied object partners in image. Consequently, the ultimate center of all spherical movements in the universe is God. Let us consider this further. Every object partner to God contains a subject partner and an object partner within itself. The center of their relationship is the subject partner, so the center of the union between the subject partner and object partner is also the subject partner. Since God is the center of the subject partner, he is also the ultimate center of the union. As discussed above, the three substantial object partners to God, subject partner, object partner, union, also form common bases with each other. As each of the three takes the central position and becomes one with the others through give and take action with God as the ultimate center, they fulfill the three object purpose and establish the four position foundation. Accordingly, the ultimate center of the four position foundation is God. All things that have established four position foundations in this manner are individual embodiments of truth. As mentioned before, individual embodiments of truth are divided broadly into individual embodiments of truth in image, human beings, and individual embodiments of truth in symbol, the rest of creation. The universe is composed of countless individual embodiments of truth, mutually related to each other in good order, from those of the lowest level to those of the highest level. Among them all, human beings occupy the highest level. Individual embodiments of truth revolve spherically around each other, with those of a lower level acting as object partners to those of a higher level. Thus, the center of any spherical movement is an individual embodiment of truth of a higher level which acts as the subject partner. The centers of the countless symbolic individual embodiments of truth are interconnected from the lowest to the highest. The highest centers are human beings, who are individual embodiments of truth and image. Let us examine the centrality of human beings. Science holds that elementary particles are the most basic building blocks of matter and explains that they are composed of energy. Considering the purpose of existence of the individual embodiments of truth that make up the material universe at different levels, we can surmise energy exists in order to form particles. Particles exist to form atoms. Atoms form molecules. Molecules to form matter and matter exists for the creation of all the individual entities in the universe. Likewise, the activity of energy is for the purpose of forming particles, the activity of particles is for atoms, the activity of atoms is for molecules, the activity of molecules is for matter, and the activity of matter is for the purpose of constructing the universe. What is the purpose of the universe? What is its center? The answer to both questions is none other than human beings. This is why God, after creating human beings, commanded them to have dominion over the universe. If there were no people to appreciate the universe, then it could be likened to a museum without any visitors. 
The articles on display in a museum attain their true value and are cherished as historical relics only when there are people to appreciate, love, and take delight in them. Their relationship with human beings gives value to their existence. If there were no one to appreciate them, then what meaning would their existence have? The same holds true for the universe, whose lords are human beings. The diverse things in creation enter into mutual relationships with a common purpose when human beings discover the source and nature of matter, and when they identify and classify plants and animals of the water, land, and air, and all the stars in the sky. Their common purpose is realized when they are assimilated into the human beings as elements essential for people to maintain their physiological functions, and when they participate in the construction of a comfortable living environment for people. In these and other ways, human beings stand as the center of the created universe in terms of its external form. In addition, people relate to the universe from their position as the internal center. While the relationships discussed above are physical relationships, here we consider mental or spiritual relationships. The human body, though consisting of matter, fully responds physiologically to the emotion, intellect, and will of the human mind. This demonstrates that matter has within itself elements which resonate with emotion, intellect, and will, elements which constitute the internal nature of matter. This is the reason all things in the universe respond to human emotion, intellect, and will, albeit to different degrees. We become intoxicated with the beauty of the natural world and experience the rapture of mystical union. We experience this because we are the center of the internal natures of all things in the natural world. Human beings are thus created as the center of the universe, and the place where God and human beings become completely one is the center of the cosmos. Let us discuss from another viewpoint how human beings are the center of the cosmos, which is composed of both the spiritual world and physical world. Every human being embodies all the elements in the cosmos. Yet, as we discussed earlier, everything in the cosmos can be divided broadly into subject partners and object partners. Had Adam, the first human ancestor, reached perfection, he would have embodied all the subject elements in the things of creation. Had Eve attained perfection, she would have embodied all the object elements in the things of creation. God created Adam and Eve to have dominion over the natural world. Growing together towards perfection, Adam was to become the king of all the subject elements in creation, and Eve was to become the queen of all the object elements. If they had become one as husband and wife, they would have become the center that could rule the entire universe consisting of subject partners and object partners. Human beings are created to be the center of harmony of the whole cosmos. If Adam and Eve had attained perfection and united as husband and wife, it would have meant the joining into oneness of the two centers of the dual characteristics of all beings. Had Adam and Eve moved together in harmony and attained oneness, the whole cosmos with its dual characteristics would have danced in harmony. The place where Adam and Eve become perfectly one in heart and body as husband and wife is also the place where God, the subject partner giving love, and human beings, the object partners returning beauty, become united. This is the center of goodness where the purpose of creation is fulfilled. Here God, our parent, draws near and abides within his perfected children and rest peacefully for eternity. This center of goodness is the object partner to God's eternal love, where God can be stimulated with joy for eternity. This is the place where the word of God is incarnated and brought to fulfillment. It is the center of truth and the center of the original mind which guides us to pursue the purpose of creation. Consequently, the entire universe will perform a spherical movement with a unified purpose when it is founded on the four-position foundation established by a perfected man and woman who join as husband and wife centered on God. 
Tragically, the universe lost its center when human beings fell. This is why St. Paul wrote that the creation has been groaning in travail while longing for the children of God. Creation awaits the people who have restored their original nature to appear and become its center. Section 2.4 The Omnipresence of God We have learned that the four-position foundation built upon the three-object purpose through the origin-division-union action proceeds in spherical movement around God and becomes one with God. This is the fundamental foundation for all beings to receive God's governance and be provided with all the powers necessary for life. In a world where God's purpose of creation has been fulfilled, all individual beings embody God's original internal nature and original external form and initiate spherical movements to build the foundation for God's governance. God is thus omnipresent. Section 2.5 The Multiplication of Life For living things to propagate their kind, they must reproduce, and this multiplication takes place through origin-division-union action, which is built upon good interactions. For example, in plants, seeds develop into flowers with stamen and pistils. Through the pollination, they produce their seed and propagate their kind. Male and female animals mature, engage in courtship, mate and bear offspring. All cells in animals and plants divide through give-and-take action. When the body acts according to the will of the mind, and the mind and body thus engage in give-and-take action, the individual will live a purposeful life. This individual will then attract like-minded people. As these companions work together productively, their group will grow. It may be said that the universe is formed by the multiplication of myriad substantial manifestations of God's original internal nature and original external form through their give-and-take action in the pursuit of the purpose of creation. Section 2.6 The Reason All Beings Are Composed of Dual Characteristics For any being to exist, energy is required, and energy can be produced only through give-and-take action. However, nothing can reciprocate without a partner. To generate the forces necessary for their existence, a being must contain dual characteristics, a subject partner and an object partner, which can engage in give-and-take action. A movement in a straight line cannot be sustained forever. For anything to have an eternal nature, it must move in a circle. Give and take action between a subject partner and an object partner is necessary for any circular motion. This is true even for God. Having dual characteristics allows him to live eternally. In order for God's creation to resemble his eternal nature and be his eternal object partner, it likewise must be composed of dual characteristics. Similarly, Time maintains its perpetuity through its periodic cycles. <laughs>